Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. You guys know I'm all about finding ways to minimize both clutter and overspending. If you're looking to reduce your clothes spending while still having new styles to try, this is for you. I have a couple events coming up that I'd love to have new pieces for. With the clothes I got from Armoire, I can have multiple high-end options for the price of one outfit. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash debtfreemom. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash debtfreemom to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. On today's episode of the Debt Free Mom podcast, I am answering one of your most frequent questions. How the heck am I supposed to budget if my income is variable? I understand how frustrating this can be and why it seems like it would prevent you from being able to budget. About a year and a half ago, our family went from a set salary paycheck to fully self-employed with a highly variable income. The way we manage our business budget connects our personal paycheck to our revenue. As our revenue goes up, our paycheck will be higher, but if the following month our revenue is lower, our personal paycheck is also going to be lower. There were many reasons that transitioning from salaried position to self-employed were a challenge, both personally as Kyle went from working outside of the home to working inside the home, as I increased how frequently I was working, and also as we added this stress of more risk, more variable, more unpredictable. So in today's episode, I'm going to share our experience making that transition and then answer some of your most frequent questions about how to budget while having a variable income. I began budgeting by pay period in the summer of 2016. Kyle had an every other Friday pay schedule. His paychecks were always almost identical. If they were a little bit different, it was simply because he got a small reimbursement like gas mileage. So I knew it was going to at least be this many dollars. And that was always what I planned for, that base salary. And that's what the paycheck was. So we had a very set income. Every other Friday, paycheck always the same. It went this way for a long time. Now, as we had part-time jobs that we started and then ended, some of our income did vary, but again, there was always a minimum guaranteed amount based on his salaried job. So in the summer of 2022, when he started discussing leaving his full-time salary job and going full in with the business with me, with Debt Free Mom, and then some of his freelance work, this was one of my biggest concerns. Not that we couldn't necessarily make it, but that this would add a layer of complexity to our plans, that there would be more unknown. We couldn't just put in our 40 hours, and if we do, this is our paycheck. It was going to take extra planning and having plan B and plan C and plan D because more things could go wrong. So that was one of my biggest concerns before we even did that. Then in October of 2022, he actually did leave that job and we jumped full into being self-employed. As the one who primarily manages our family budget, I knew this was going to rock the boat on what I was used to. It ended up taking close to a year for me to really feel like I understood what I needed to do both in our business and in our personal income in order to feel secure inside of this highly variable income. So why is this difficult? Why is it hard to budget when our income is variable? 
Well, like anything in life, the more unpredictable something is, the harder it is to plan ahead because we can't make an assumption that if we do this, this outcome will always happen. We're adding a whole lot of other things to the list of possible outcomes. Now, one of the exciting things and one of the reasons people are drawn to jobs that have variable income, like a commission schedule or being self-employed, is that the potential for income is sometimes higher than a set salary. So for example, being self-employed, we can work on different projects and launches and offering different services. And as we figure out how to make those successful, our income can continue to climb. If he was still working at his full-time job that he had before, there is one time a year to have a discussion about increasing the income and whether or not it's actually increased and by how much is decided by someone else. So that's why people are drawn to some of these jobs. But there's also other possible reasons that your income might be variable. So you could be hourly or simply work-based. So on an hourly job, if you don't work, you don't get paid, but you also maybe have the potential for overtime. I recently spoke to someone who's married to a pilot who just began flying. He just finished school and started flying. And she was asking about variable income because she said, if the weather's bad and his flights are grounded, he doesn't get paid because he gets paid when he flies. So that makes it challenging because there's something outside of their control that is determining how much or how little he is working. Another way you could have variable income is to have a set salary with bonuses and commissions on top of that. They could be based on your individual performance or they could be based on the company's overall performance. In this option, you do have at least a set known salary that you can plan for. You're just not sure how much extra you're going to get. And then there's entirely commission jobs. Someone like a real estate agent might operate exclusively off of commissions where they don't get paid until the deal is closed and the amount of their commission is different every time. And then last, they're self-employed, which is similar to all commission. There are things that you are able to do inside of owning your own business to put some boundaries or controls around how much you're paid. I know some people who are self-employed choose to pay themselves a, a set salary, an exact a dollar amount that is the same every time, no matter how good or how bad the business does at the time. We haven't yet decided to do that. It's not that it's a bad thing. I actually think it could be a really good thing, a really positive thing. But for right now, we are choosing to operate off of a percent. I follow the profit first budgeting method or money management method for small businesses where on the 10th and 25th of every month, I take whatever revenue came in from the previous pay period, starting like the 10th or the 25th to that day. And I divide it up based on percents. I put a certain percent into a profit account, a, per, a certain percent to taxes, a certain percent for operating expenses, and then a certain percent for owner pay. And that owner pay becomes my personal paycheck. What I did at the beginning was I simply had whatever that percent happened to be was what I got paid. So if it was $900 for that pay period, I paid myself $900. If it was $4,800, I paid myself $4,800. So my income was swinging by several thousand throughout each pay period. Now, one of the things I cannot stress enough, if your income is at all variable, the more volatile it is, the more cash you have to have saved on hand. We might not know how much we're going to get paid, 
but we do know that it's going to be variable. And so we have to use what we do know to make wise plans. So the best way to do this is to recognize I am not paid the same amount every time and I need to have ways to protect myself when it's lower than I expected it to be. And I need to have plans for what I'm going to do wisely when it's higher than I expected it to be because both have their challenges. So let's first talk about this idea of saving, right? We've had a full emergency fund since the summer of 2017, so almost seven years of a full emergency fund. As soon as Kyle decided that he wanted to leave that job and we decided we were going to go full-time into self-employment, I immediately added $5,000 to our emergency fund. I bumped it up from $10,000 to $15,000. So for about a year, we had a $15,000 emergency fund. I also had some savings in business accounts as well that could protect us. When we sold our house in August, so almost a year after he left his job, I added another $5,000 to that emergency fund to make it a total of $20,000, even though we had just offloaded one of our highest risks, which was our home. So before he left his job to now, we have doubled the size of our emergency fund. This is simply a necessity, and we cannot say, well, I just can't do that. I just don't have enough money to do that. If we choose not to set money aside when times are good, while we have variable income, we're choosing to make it difficult for ourselves when things come up like unexpected expenses or lower paychecks. It is absolutely essential that anyone who has a variable income increases, has an above average emergency fund, has a larger emergency fund, a larger savings, a larger business savings than somebody else might be recommending to you. I don't combat these fears about our variable income by making a perfect budget and making sure we never spend outside of the plan or by driving myself into the ground working constantly because I'm a business owner, so I just have to keep working and working and working. I combat these fears and the unknown of a variable income with a high amount in savings, with a high value for keeping money in savings. Because I can sleep well at night when I know even if next pay period I end up getting nothing in revenue, I have multiple months worth of income in savings that would at the very least buy me time to figure out what my alternative is going to be. That's what savings is. In the book, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel, he says, cash equals options. The more money you have set aside, the more options you'll have when something unexpected comes up. And like I said, the more variable our income is, the more often we're going to experience unexpected or unknown things. So when we started having this variable income, I really took a hard look at my budget and I tried to come up with what the lower side of average I could expect to receive as a paycheck. And I planned around that amount. It is so much easier to end up getting paid more than you expected than to end up getting paid less than you expected. So I really lowballed it on what I expected to be paid so that most of the time, if I was wrong, it was because I was getting a paycheck bigger than I thought instead of a smaller. That is not to say that that was perfect every time. I would say in the past year and a half of being self-employed and having variable income, about 30% of the time our paycheck is lower than what I put into the budget, than what I originally planned on it being. As time has gone on, I've figured out better and better ways to, number one, be accurate with predicting how much the check is going to be, but number two, have multiple safeguards around our overall finances for taking care of a lower than expected paycheck. So here's what I did wrong at the beginning. I was overly optimistic about our success 
and I was really unrealistic about how frequently things could go wrong. And I think this is true for a lot of people. When we jump into something that is risky, we have to have a little bit of an unrealistic optimism about how it's going to go. But if we try to ride that wave too long and we don't put safeguards around our spending, around our budget, and have contingency plans for when things don't go according to that optimistic view, we're going to run our numbers into the ground pretty quickly. So what I was finding that I had done was that I had looked at the budget and I had been like, yeah, of course, we can for sure come up with 2000 every pay period for our personal payout without having really set ways that that was going to actually come to life. And then on the flip side of that, another thing I did wrong was on the occasional pay period that was much larger than I expected it to be or much higher than we had ever had when Kyle was salaried, I put all of it towards goals really optimistically. I was like, okay, this is our time to make up on our progress and to put money into retirement and to grow our savings for car replacement or whatever it it was. So I would look at our budget and I would update it to this new larger paycheck amount and I would send all of the extra to a goal. Lo and behold, one or two pay periods later, we would have a much lower than expected paycheck. And I was wishing that I had not put all of that money into something that I couldn't easily pull back out. So while it is a great thing to be optimistic and to be confident about your abilities and what you're able to do over time, when it comes to our budget, we actually want to have both of these forces at play. We want to be really optimistic about what we're able to do moving forward and really brutally realistic, almost to a fault about what could go wrong. So as I made these mistakes in these first six to 12 months of budgeting with variable income, again, the thing that saved me and the thing that allowed me to make mistakes and learn without actually seeing anything crash and burn was how much savings I had on hand. Because I did have times where I was like, well, I have to pull $1,400 out of our savings because our paycheck is almost nothing. So because cash equals options, I had the option to keep working in my budget, to keep working in my business and on my business and figure out ways to not only make our revenue more steady, but to acknowledge it's never going to be perfectly steady. So what can I do in our personal finances to better prepare ourselves? So this is what I did about three or four months ago is I added a savings account to Ally. In Ally, you can have up to seven savings accounts for one person. And inside of those savings accounts, you can have what they call buckets. They're subcategories inside of one savings where you can give it a different name. You can set a goal for how much you want to be in that bucket, what timeline, what's your deadline for having that amount. It is a great banking option for both a high yield savings account and easy organization with renaming, with goals, and with target dates. So what I did was I added a savings account completely separate from our emergency fund, and I called it Debt-Free Mom Payroll Reserve. What I realized was that I needed to have some pool of money that I could pull from anytime our paycheck was low. And then I could refill it anytime our paycheck was higher than I expected. But it was challenging and also felt so risky and felt so discouraging to be using our emergency fund in that way. I really wanted to minimize touching the emergency fund. So I added this payroll reserve. And then the other thing I did was I added a cap for myself, a personal payout cap. So I decided 
by looking at my budget. So if you're going to do this, you'll have to reverse engineer knowing your numbers, knowing what your personal expenses are, what your minimum amount is that you would need to be paid in order to cover all of your bills and expenses, cover all of your typical spending, be able to put something towards goals and have a small budget buffer. My budget buffer goal is around $180 per pay period. So by looking at my budget, I determined that if the paycheck is above $2,500, I'm going to put the difference into this payroll reserve. So let's say I plan for $2,200 as my paycheck, and then it ends up being $3,100. What I would do is pay myself a cap of $2,500. So I'm still getting paid $400 more into my personal budget than I planned for, but then I'm taking that 600 that was above the 2,500 and I'm putting it in the payroll reserve. So on paper, the way it works business-wise, I'm still paying myself that money. It's still going as a owner withdrawal, basically, out of the business accounts and into a personal account, but I'm not going to treat it as usable in my budget. I'm capping myself at 2,500 per paycheck to allow that payroll reserve to build up. Then on the flip side, it, let's say, again, I have a pay period in my personal budget where I've planned for $2,100, and the payout ends up being $1,700 out of the budget based on revenue that pay period. Well, I plan for $2,100, and I'm only going to pay myself $1,700. First, I will look at the budget, and I'll say, is there anything that I could even slightly reduce to offset this difference, to offset the fact that my paycheck is lower than I expected? So I might whittle things down a little bit, take a little bit out of a couple categories just to reduce how much I need. But then I'll simply pull the remainder out of that payroll reserve. This is something I explained to that pilot's wife where I was talking to her about variable income because she was expressing frustration with pulling money out of savings, thinking, oh, I just put that money in savings and now I'm pulling it right back out. Functionally, it doesn't matter if these dollars were in an account that I called an emergency fund or if they were in an account that I called payroll reserve. It's operating the same. However, when it changes how you feel about it, it matters. So to me, I feel no guilt or frustration about pulling money out of an account called payroll reserve when I need to meet payroll for myself. The fact that I put that money there for this purpose and now I'm using it for that purpose makes me feel like I'm on plan instead of off plan. So that's been a really important mindset shift for me is to recognize your paycheck will always be variable, have a plan and then stick to that plan when things change. So as my paycheck goes up or down, I rely on this idea of payroll reserve to be able to make my personal budget feel more consistent than my income actually is. So my paycheck might be bouncing around based on the business performance, but in my personal budget, I'm using this payroll reserve to keep myself more consistent. Now, what I do with this payroll reserve account is I've decided I won't let it get bigger than one month of pay. So that would be $5,000 for me. I've never had that problem because on the times that I've added to it, I've then needed to use it in the future. But that is another hard line that I have for myself. If we have consistently better than expected pay periods where I'm able to add and add and add to that payroll reserve, if it gets up to $5,000, then I'm not going to continue adding to it. So if it got up to $5,000 and then I had a pay period where my income was above the $2,500 gap that I set for myself, that money would go directly to my most pressing goal, which for us is retirement. So in that hypothetical, if I already have 5,000 in payroll reserve and I have a personal cap on my paycheck of 2,500, but I'm able to pay myself out 3,000 out of my 
business budget, I would go ahead and invest $500 right away and put $2,500 into my personal budget. In the same way that before I had variable income, I had a high value for keeping our emergency fund full. So if we used our emergency fund for any reason, whatever goal we had was paused until we refilled the emergency fund. It always became goal number one anytime it went under being full. So for all those years that a full emergency fund for us was $10,000, as long as it sat at $10,000, we did other things with our extra money. If for some reason it dipped below, I would pause whatever else I was focusing on, refill it to 10,000 and then move on. I treat the payroll reserve that way as well. If there's nothing in the payroll reserve, I will add some to it as my goal number one in order to protect myself in future pay periods. You hear this phrase often, future you will thank you, right? Business owners or anyone with a variable pay, future you will thank today you if you set money aside saying, I'm not going to be overly optimistic thinking that nothing's going to go wrong and I'm always going to get paid a bunch of money. I'm going to be realistic and put money aside so that when that inevitably happens, and it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It just means this is the nature of variable pay. When that happens, I will thank past me for putting money aside and being ready. In the past several months since we implemented this idea of a pay cap and a payroll reserve, our income has been lower than it was in the previous six months and been more volatile, had more extremes, more highs and more lows, but our personal budget has felt more consistent. So I've already in just a few months seen the effects, the positive difference that this kind of structure can make in our budget and in allowing me to sleep at night, knowing our income is variable, but I have contingency upon contingency plan for when these things happen. This is also something we did right when Kyle left his job. We saved up two months worth of income before he left the job so that at the very least, if it went south quick and things crashed and burned and we needed to come up with a different job that he needed to go out and get a different job, our cash equals options. So I knew Even if that happens, he'll have two months to find something else because of our savings. So again, I cannot stress enough, everyone should have an emergency fund. But the more variable your income is, the more unpredictable your life is, the higher your savings should be. When it seems like there should be more left in your bank account and your money seems too complicated to keep track of, the Debt-Free Mom Custom Budget Service takes the guesswork out of your next budget. Send us your real numbers and you'll receive two versions of your pay period budget. The original, so you can see how your money is currently flowing, and a suggested budget with changes we recommend to prioritize your money goals. Sign up for your custom budget today at debtfreemom.co slash custom. All right, now I'm going to look at the submissions for questions for this episode to see what you guys want to know about variable income. One person said, we own a business and my husband takes a set salary. Have you thought about taking a set amount and then getting a bonus every quarter? Yes. So first of all, in Profit First, which is that small business budgeting, we do take a quarterly bonus. So that is one of the things we do. One of the percents we set aside out of the revenue is profit and it goes into a savings account. And then at the end of every quarter, I pay ourselves half of whatever is in that profit account as a bonus. So I do do quarterly bonuses. The reason I personally have found it more motivating to not have my set salary where I pay myself the exact same no matter what is that I have found it motivating to work 
on the business and to work hard to develop things inside of the business. If I see my personal payout changing as the business changes in both directions, that when it goes low, it reminds me to kick my butt in gear and figure something out. And when it goes high, it's this reward of like, yes, the things you are doing are working and you need to keep doing that. I'm not at all saying that that is what is right for everyone. I'm just saying that I have found myself be more intrinsically motivated to be working in and on the business when I have a personal payout that is very closely tied to the success of the business. But it's not a bad idea. So someone said, how do you make it so that your paydays are consistent on a variable income? So that's another really important thing about the profit first method and something that a lot of people who are freelancers or self-employed or fully commissioned don't often do. I have a self-imposed payday of the 10th and 25th of every month. Absolutely no one is requiring me to do that, but I'm choosing to minimize how many things are variable. So we don't want to just take whatever we get paid and plop it into our personal paycheck at all random times. At the very least, I know in my personal budget, I'm going to be paid something on the 10th and 25th of every month. So long in advance, I can set my budget up starting on the 10th and 25th of every month and come up with the income and the expenses in each of those pay periods. Now the income I am guessing on, but the expenses I'm not. So what we do in our business is any revenue that comes into the business from the 10th of the month to the 24th of the month is put into a bank account called income. So it just sits there. Any PayPal deposit, any custom budgets, any affiliate income, anything like that just goes into this income account and sits there. Then on the 24th or the 25th of the month, I take everything that has collected into that income account and divvy it up into those four categories I said before, profit, tax, operating expenses, and owner pay. So while my paycheck might be variable, the consistency of when I'm paid is not. So when we have things that are unpredictable, like how much our income will be, we can help ourselves out by taking something else that is unpredictable, like the frequency, and making it predictable. So decide that you're going to set aside the money. It could be you could set it aside all month long and then do this once a month where you pay yourself. It could be weekly. It could be twice a month. That's less important than having consistency in that frequency so that you can at least create a budget that's ready to go once you know what your paycheck is going to be. It's so much harder than it needs to be. If you're simply sitting around waiting for the next little revenue to come in, you're like, oh, I got a little check here. Now I have some money. Okay, maybe four days later, I'm going to get a little check. That is so much more work and so much more complexity than there needs to be. So we pay ourselves on the 10th and 25th of every month. Even if we don't know exactly what that amount will be yet, I can at least rely on getting paid something. So one person said how to handle saving when it's so variable that we might need to just transfer it back in a few weeks. So hopefully what I just talked about with the payroll reserve could help where I don't just have a general savings account. And I'm also not hard on myself when I need to pull money out of that savings account. If you're going to live with highly variable income, you're going to be pulling money out of savings or you're going to be living on debt. Like those are the two choices I've chosen to be okay with pulling money out of savings. So maybe like me, you need to rename the account and say, this is the smaller account that is specifically here because I have variable income. I'm going to pull money out of it when our paycheck is low and I'm going to put money back into it when our paycheck is high. I don't think there is a way to avoid never pulling money out of savings unless you're going to rely on debt, which I choose not to do. 
Another question is how do you best plan for the future? Like how many months out in terms of goals? So I like to have my budget built a quarter of the year at a time. So whatever quarter we're in, I already have this entire quarter set up. Right now, as I'm recording this, it's the end of January. I'm fully budgeted through the end of March. And then sometime in February, I will build my April, May, June budget. It doesn't matter if your income is variable or not, if you have a set income or if you have a variable income, we need to get in the practice of looking further than 30 days at a time at our money. And the reason for this is that we can anticipate what's coming our way far in advance. And the further in advance we notice when something is coming our way, the more options we have for taking care of it. Let's give an example, even if you have a salaried income. Today is January 26th. The next month starts five days from now. If you are budgeting once a month and you're waiting for the five days before that month starts to make a budget for it, what if there's some specific random annual expenses inside that month that are going to create a situation where your expenses are larger than your income in that month? If you knew about that a month or two ahead of time, you would notice it and you would say, oh, I need to make a plan for what I'm going to do with that annual renewal or with that subscription that's paid once a year or my car insurance premium. When you notice these things far in advance, you have lots of options and you have lots of time for taking care of it. Maybe it's spreading those expenses out over several pay periods leading up to the due date. Maybe it's deciding that a certain goal can wait until you have money set aside for something else. But when we only give ourselves a very short runway between when we make a plan and when we have to actually put that plan into place, we limit how many options we have. So it doesn't matter if your income is variable or set. You need to have a longer runway between when you set up the plan and when you're actually putting the plan into place. When your income is variable, plan for the very, very low side of what you would expect to be paid and build your plan around that. So as people who are paid variable income, we should be hyper in tune with what our expenses are. We should have a really good pulse on this is how much I need to be paid in order to cover everything. And I'll know really quickly by looking at the budget if the paycheck I receive is going to be enough or not enough for that specific pay period. So because my budget is already set up with all of these pay periods ready, once I go from my estimated paycheck to changing it to what my paycheck is actually going to be, I don't have to play around with too many things. The, the amount left at the top of my pay period budget will very quickly tell me if I have enough or not enough and I can make decisions from there. Do I need to pull money from the payroll reserve? Do I need to reduce some of the expenses? Maybe I thought that there was going to be enough in this pay period that I was going to be able to put money into our retirement and I'm going to have to reduce that a little bit. Whatever it might be. So we call this seesawing the budget at Debt Free Mom. This is what we say. When we make certain things go up, we can make other things go down and we're finding the balance. We're trying to find a way to have our income be less than our expenses and have money left over for both a budget buffer and a goal. That's our entire premise when we build a custom budget for people is we enter everything exactly the way it was in the worksheet they send us, income and expenses. And then we start seesawing their budget to say, which expenses can I make go down? Do I need to make income go up with the ultimate goal of having a budget buffer, a realistic budget, and sending money towards their goals. So when we have this plan written down before we know what our paycheck is, once we find out what the paycheck actually ends up being, we can jump right into the budget and use this tool to our advantage to come up with what our plan is going to be. So while I do know that it's hard, it is challenging to budget with a variable income, it's not impossible and it's also not an excuse. It's not better to say, I have a variable income so I can't budget. That is not going to lead to better results. 
One question says, we have a part-time income to pay for our kids' tuition, but the pay date is after tuition is due. So in this situation, it's going to be hard for a very short period of time. You're going to need to save up enough to switch the due dates, basically, so that the income that you get, the part-time income you get that happens right after the tuition is due could actually be used for the following month's tuition. So saving up a little bit ahead of time so that you can get from being a couple days behind to about a month ahead. This is an excellent one. How do you avoid being afraid to spend any money on a good month in fear of the next bad month? I'm going to sound like a broken record, but having those savings in place where I know if next month is a bad month, I have ways to solve it, frees me up to use the extra money in a good month. So in a good month, I'm first assessing does my payroll reserve have enough money? And I put some money into there. And then above that, I can say, okay, if I still have extra money, I can put this towards saving up for a trip. I can put this into my retirement. I can put this towards saving up to replace Kyle's car because I know what my alternative plans are going to be if a bad month is happening. So we shouldn't feel like we are one bad month away from everything falling apart. We need to put more protections in place if that's how you feel. If you feel like you're on the verge where there is nothing separating you and one bad pay period from a complete financial disaster, that is not enough protection in a variable income situation. And this is a similar question with a similar answer. Somebody else said, do you ever find it harder to treat yourselves like a vacation, not knowing how much money you're going to get paid? So no, but again, not because I'm not afraid of the variable income. If you were to ask Kyle, what's Carly afraid of? And he's going to tell you having a paycheck that runs out. This is one of my fears. I'm talking about this with him. I'm dialoguing. I'm verbal processing this all the time, being like, oh, it's lower than I thought it was going to be. We're going to have to do this. And then we're going to have to do this. It doesn't go away. That fear doesn't go away, but he can point me to the realities that are true. Like, hey, look, this is what we're doing in the business and we have a planned revenue of X, Y, and Z. Or remember, we have a full emergency fund and on top of that, we have these accounts that we could also pull from. So again, I am not naive to think either that this business is going to last forever and that my family can be supported on this business forever. It would be quite normal if at some point in the next three to five years, we needed to switch to a different income. We needed to switch to a different way of being paid. It's not that I'm trying to avoid never having to make that decision. It's that I'm preparing myself to have time to make that decision, find the alternative, and do it in a way that doesn't take on a bunch of debt or completely drain my savings. So we're setting ourselves up to have time to make that decision. When we have to make urgent, unexpected decisions, we're not super good at it. Our brains kind of go into this adrenaline survival mode and we make choices that really we wouldn't make if we weren't feeling so pressured. So the whole point of having those savings in place is to release some of that pressure because the deadline is farther out. So again, if for some reason I had a month where I literally had to pay our family zero dollars, I would have two to three months to come up with what we're going to do instead. And that's all because of the high value for savings and not just trying to have the minimum in savings, but try to be so well prepared in savings that we have this option. So how do I feel freed up to travel or to buy something fun? It's because I know this is not the final straw. This is not going to be the thing that sends us over the edge. And I don't need to use this current paycheck to protect me in next paycheck if I have other safeguards in place inside of savings accounts.
Now that naturally begs the question, what if you never have a positive gap? What if you are pulling money out of that payroll reserve and then month after month after month goes by where you don't have the opportunity to put money back into it? With as much love and compassion as possible, if that happens month after month after month after month, it's not working. If that happened to us month after month after month, I think I would have a three-month limit. If that had three months of draining savings, I would say it is time to find something different. It doesn't mean that this can't work, but it means that at least in the short term, we have got to find a way to bring income in. So if you've had a year plus where everything is dwindling and you're thinking, oh, we, we're, I'm sure we're right on the cusp of something else. And so we're going to you know, put this on the credit card and I'm sure that I'll be able to pay myself back next month. If we've told ourselves that month after month and it has not come to be, we need to find something else to do. Again, even if it's in the short term, while we get this thing up and running, while we launch this business, while we wait for this promotion, but we cannot drive our family finances into the ground in a way that's going to take years and years to recover from just because we have this overly optimistic view that we're right on the cusp of something good. And that applies for people who have a set salary too. I see this come up with people who have a set salary where the gap between their income and expenses is non-existent or even negative. They're spending more than they make, but they believe that they're on the brink of having a positive gap between their income and expenses. We have to give ourselves these bright white lines, these hard deadlines where we say, we have done this this many times and it simply hasn't worked, we need to do something different to protect the financial future of our family. So if you find yourself consistently drawing from savings and not having the opportunity to refill it, decide now, decide today after listening to this, this is the hard deadline for myself. If we don't find a way to start refilling that between now and that deadline, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to find some other way to provide income while we figure out what we're going to do with this business or with this freelance or with this commission job, whatever it is. But I think sometimes we get convinced that the more it's going wrong, the closer we are to some big break. And that honestly isn't true for most things. Most things that we're going to find success in personally, in career, in growing a business are going to be slow, consistent growth. We hear about the giant successes, the overnight fame, the overnight wealth, but we hear about them because they are rare. And so they're exciting. So it's like, wow, it really can happen. The reality is most people are building careers, businesses, families, homes, wealth, with slow, consistent growth over time. So like I said, if our family or our business got into a situation where we had three months of decline, where we had three months of not being able to pay ourselves enough, that would be a bright white line for us. That would be something needs to change, even if it's short term, even if it's Kyle's gonna you know, work at Aldi because they pay $23 an hour for the next six months while we figure out what we're gonna do next. We would be willing to make those changes for the sake of not running our finances into the ground. So it's normal to have ebbs and flows and we wanna protect ourselves from those ebbs and flows, but we don't wanna convince ourselves that it's okay to indefinitely be going down and down and down. So a related question to that is that someone asked, what if your bare minimum is your usual and it's below monthly expenses? 
So in that situation, the reality then is we need to come up with some other way to either decrease expenses or increase income. If your typical paycheck, that is the amount that you have to assume in your budget, is not enough to cover your monthly expenses, we need to change something because we cannot operate positively out of something that occasionally happens. If every once in a while you have a good month, that doesn't mean that on the whole, this is something that's working well for you. So when trying to answer that question, and one thing I would recommend is kind of zooming out and saying, okay, let's look at our entire year last year, if this was the job that you had last year. On the whole, did we come out positive or negative? I know that we had some negative months and some positive months, and that's going to be normal when our income fluctuates. But on the whole, did we see growth in any area? Did we see savings that was higher at the end of the month than the start of the month? Were we able to invest? Did we have goals that we were actually able to check the boxes for? If we weren't able to check the boxes for any of those, if our net worth is lower than we thought it was going to be, if we feel more stretched at the end of the year than we did at the beginning, those are red flags that in the long term, something isn't working well. And we need to at least bring up that baseline income to cover expenses or reduce expenses in order to be able to comfortably live off of the base income. Another person asked about having a set salary, but getting bonuses, excess distributions, profit sharing. It can be highly variable up to the same amount as what their annual salary is, or it could be zero depending on how the company does. How do you manage this with the unknown? Should you just budget based on the salary and everything else goes to luxuries, home improvement, et cetera? So if this were me, I would not lock myself into a lifestyle or expenses that required those extra amounts, those bonuses, profit sharing, excess distributions. So yes, basically I would create a budget and be willing to take on a mortgage payment or a school payment or whatever it is that can fit entirely into the planned known base salary. Now, that's not to say that those bonuses, profit sharing, and excess distributions can't go towards things like saving up a super giant down payment on a home so that when you buy that home, the monthly payment fits into that set salary, even though the house itself was larger than you would normally be able to, or that you can't set aside large amounts for retirement or home you know, car purchases or whatever. I just wouldn't lock myself into a lifestyle or a budget that assumed that those things were going to happen. Last question. You wrapped up the 2023 episode talking about setting a bottom line for how much to pay yourself when the pay period is a higher month. Like you make 3K but only need 1.5K for your budget as an example. How do you decide what that baseline amount is and how to decide when to put the extra into a slower month? So like I said, I kind of reverse engineered this amount. I came up with the 2,500 number, not as just some arbitrary, that sounds nice number, but I actually looked at my budget. So if you use the debt-free mom template, the $9 one or the free one or the one that came with your custom budget or the one that came inside PBA, whatever it is, all of them will operate this way where you could choose to enter all of your expenses, leave the income blank and enter all of your expenses. And I don't just mean bills. A budget is not a list of bills. A budget is a plan for all the things you would expect to buy. Groceries, clothes, entertainment, birthdays, minimum payments on debt, bills, 
savings, all of those things. Enter what you would like your budget to look like without having any income there. And then look at what those amounts are. So the amount left will be negative at the top, but because it's simply adding together all of these expenses without any income there. But that number will give you a pulse on how much income you will probably need to ride out your months over time. So this is what I did for our family income. And I did that. And I think the bare, bare minimum was more like $2,100. And then I decided that $2,500 was going to be this max personal payout amount. So I have the $2,500 as a max personal paycheck per pay period. And then a $5,000 max in the payroll reserve. So that if for some reason we have consistently good, good, good months without too many bad, bad, bad months, if we maxed out the personal pay amount and we maxed out the payroll reserve amount, then that extra, that excess would all additionally go to my goals. So it's not like I'm limiting how much growth I see in my goals. It's delaying when I decide that that money is truly extra. And I'll say that again because I think that's a really important key takeaway from this episode. It's not that I'm limiting how much money is actually available for fun or spending or goals. It's that I'm delaying how long until I decide that that extra money truly is extra. And I like that sentence so much that I'm just going to go ahead and end it there. So if you have variable income and you have in the past convinced yourself budgeting is too hard or not for you, or you don't even need to budget because your income is variable, I hope that this episode can help inspire you to see that budgeting with variable income is not only possible, but I believe it's truly necessary. We need to have extra cash in place. We need to have a high value for keeping money in savings because variable income is naturally more risky than set salary. And so we offset that risk by having savings on hand. This allows us to delay the time between when we notice that things are going down and when it actually impacts us in a big way so that we can make decisions before we run out of money. In the next episodes, I'll be interviewing other people who have variable income. So we have more coming your way about managing income when it's variable. If you have more questions that were created by listening to this episode, please send them to us at carly at debtfreemom.co or send me a message on Instagram and I'll take a screenshot of it so that we can keep answering those questions in the next couple episodes. Thanks for listening to the Debt Free Mom podcast. If you want to join me as a guest on the show, go to dfmpodcast.com. The Debt Free Mom podcast is hosted by me, Carly Hill, and is produced, edited, and mixed by Kyle Hill. Music for this episode was written by Kyle Hill. Hit subscribe wherever you're listening to join in with every new episode as we grow our confidence and contentment in our personal finances.